Welcome to the Bay Area's Unforgivable Podcast. Unscripted conversations discussing trending hot topics. Crazy, crazy natural discussions that'll have you in awe. In fact, they'll be unforgivable. And now, please welcome your hosts, Cedric, Craig, and Dave. Good afternoon, y'all. This is the Unforgivable Podcast with your host, Cedric. I'm Craig. And Dave. And today we have a very special guest in the house. Um, I was getting ready to say former friend. Like, <laughs> oh, I'm just kidding. Just Maybe I did this recording. I'm just kidding. Don't don't cut that part. It's kind of funny. No, but uh, Raven. We got Raven in the house, y'all. <sighs> so we we got kind of a little bit of slack for. Um, relationships part one right so um a lot of a lot of the feedback we got was um just around uh i mean i guess anytime you got a group of men talking about women it can get a little awkward um so we decided to have a female guest on the show today for relationships part two and we thought there'd be no better candidate than the one and only Raven. Say hi to the people, Raven. Hey, y'all. Hey, y'all. <laughs> we thought or you thought that I'd be the best candidate? We thought. it was. It's uh, a group effort. Okay. We, we a team. Sometimes. No, re- really, I, I suggested you. But um, I'm not selfish, so I'll spread the credit amongst the team. Good, thanks, nigga. Appreciate <laughs> well, it. Well, I am very... Uh, excited to contribute to this conversation today so yeah i'm ready for all questions and all that good stuff first of all i'm just wondering what well actually raven how have you been girl i feel like we ain't all talked in so long how are you well we haven't all talked but i've definitely talked to dave more often than not but i've been good i've been working still throughout this entire pandemic I uh, completed my master's degree mm. and hey. been living life. Living life, girl. Dave Where are you at right degree. now? I am in the Pacific Northwest in Seattle, but I will soon be relocating back to California at the end of next month. Oh, snap. But oh. I won't be near you. <laughs> oh, damn. Got my hopes up. Sorry. You got me all excited for no reason. We're going to find you anyway. We're going to find your ass. We going to find you. Yeah, that's what's uh, been up with me. What about you, Cedric? Where are you working nowadays? What you doing? Me, me, me. Um, shit, you know, still trying to do this school thing. Um, been working for the Department of Public Health, working primarily with the homeless population. It's been cool, right? Like, been working for the same same company for the past two and a half years now, and gotten a few promotions, which is good, and trying to keep my head above water covid fucked up a lot of the plans i had last year but you know it's all good as we, we roll with the punches okay what about you dave and craig before we get to the meat and potatoes of this <laughs> well, making me hungry well for me i've been doing the same thing for the past four yeah for about four years but uh recently uh another company's taken over my contract so i'm kind of excited about that because more money more money 
money, 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 money. And like Cedric said, you know, COVID fucked up a lot of shit for me last year. So right now I'm just happy I still have a job. Mm. David? Yeah, same thing as these two. I got promoted at the end of 2019. Had plans for 2020. COVID told me no. So this is <laughs> the same thing basically right now. COVID oh, hit you with the halt. Who yep. goes there? <laughs> Slow down, nigga. You're you achieving too fast. You <laughs> Whoa there. Whoa there. Anyways, so back to the original topic. Um, Yeah, so what did you think about our, our, I guess, part one of our episode, Raven? What'd you think? What'd you think? Um, Well, I would definitely have to say it was a male-dominated conversation, being that there was three males giving their perspective and sharing their personal experience about relationships and things that have happened to them. I was told that um, you guys were given criticism and feedback about it being like, you, what is it like slandering women or? Women bashing. Women bashing. And I don't, I didn't take it as that. I just take it as you guys were sharing your personal experiences. And so, I mean, you're telling your truth. So if you happen to experience those things, nobody can tell you any different, but it would have been nice to have that female perspective in those conversations. When I was listening, I was like, mm, I don't feel the same way about that, but that's why I'm here today. So, yeah. Oh, shit. Well, let's get so, into it. So what didn't you feel the same about? <sighs> well, we want all of it oh my gosh when i was listening to cedric i found myself and it's funny because like just having knowing you guys and being part of conversations with you guys for years i'm like yelling at my phone like shut up cedric or like laughing at y'all y'all of course can't hear me because it was pre-recorded but <laughs> um, one thing in particular was like Cedric talking about when he meets people, he's like, yeah, I'm fucked up. And I was like, I wouldn't take that approach. <laughs> <When meeting people. laughs> no, like, you know, I'm, I got a lot of shit going on. I got a lot of baggage. What you gonna do with it? Like, I would just personally, you know, I'm, <laughs> I'm Raven and you know, I'm actively working to heal childhood traumas and things like that so that they know like where you're at. If, if, if you're actively working on those things, then it'll make you a uh, I guess a lot better candidate to talk to as opposed to somebody that's oblivious to any kind of trauma that they have. But to just go and say like, I'm fucked up. You sound like a loon. <laughs> so <laughs> that would be a red flag to me. I would not <laughs> engage in any kind of conversation with you. Then you mentioned Cedric also um, like talking to females and or talking to women because I know some people feel a way about saying females or uh, versus women but talking to women and like them being emotional or like crying and stuff and to some degree that can be like a defense mechanism or uh whatever but also it's like you're supposed to be allowed to feel like not to repress those feelings so in the moment if you feel like crying or whatever if that's how that current moment is making you feel you should be allowed to do that and then you know mm. get to the conversation or if you guys are dating and you know, like, I can't talk to you while you're super emotional right now, you know, let's let you feel first and then come back to talk about the situation at hand. And that would be a better approach than, oh, I can't talk to you while you're crying <laughs> and use that kind of as an, not an excuse, but as a way to get out of it um, and not handle the situation. Those were some things that uh, I picked up on. There was some other stuff, but I'll let y'all ask me some questions first. Those are just two things that stood out. I was like, oh, that, that doesn't sit too well <laughs> with me. I feel you. 
makes perfect sense makes perfect sense um i guess i and uh, it's 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 hard to take anything i say serious because i'm always laughing about everything but what you say no no i and i i agree 100 um i think that oftentimes well what i was getting to for example when i mentioned that i'm, I'm usually up front with being a fuck fucked up or whatever is i don't I don't tend to, I don't like to wait too long before revealing, you know, certain certain aspects of, of my personality and my background, just because, um, you know, you hear about the whole honeymoon phase and, you know, things are going great at first. And part of the reason I think that that whole idea of the honeymoon phase came into play was because oftentimes, you know, when you first meet somebody, you do you try to appeal to your audience, right? Like, cause you want, you want them to like you. You want, you want them to, to like you as a person. Yeah, um, but they are- Your representative. Exactly, right? But, but who, the person that they, they start to like isn't, isn't really you all the time. Like it's, it's, it's the parts of you that you allow them to see, right? So like, there are some people who, and I've met uh, people who are ashamed to be in therapy and that's not something that something that I'm ashamed of, right? So I'll usually tell people right off the back, like, oh yeah, you know, I went, not, you know, if, if it comes up in conversation, what'd you do today? Oh, I saw my therapist, went to the grocery store. I said, oh, you're in therapy? Yeah, I'm in therapy. But no, I, I get it. But no, I'm not just like going right up to females. Hey, hi, how you doing, Cedric? Oh, yeah, I'm fucked up. How about yourself? You know, That's like. Sound like. <laughs> <laughs> that shit crazy how about you like no yeah no not at all and i think like with the whole crying thing like cr crying is tough because i feel like sometimes it can be used like it's it's one thing if, if that's a genuine emotion that you're feeling but it's hard to tell if that's if that's how someone actually feels as opposed to using it as a sort of diversion tactic to not discuss like kind of using it as like a red herring to not discuss the the issue that's at hand, right? Because to me, I look at it like it's the equivalent of like not yelling when you're trying to have a conversation. Because I can't, you know what I mean? Like if, if you're yelling at me or I'm yelling at you, I can't, I'm not trying to have a adult conversation about the situation, right? Like it's hard to have a conversation if you're feeling, you know, too much of any one specific emotion. But I agree. Mm, no, agree. first we won't be having a conversation if your approach is to raise your voice. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> We're not talking. When you can come back and be civilized and, <laughs> and tell me, you know, express how you feel in a proper manner, then we can see what's going on with the situation and try to figure things out. But yeah, no, I, I'm not one that likes to argue or any of that stuff anyway. So my voice is never really raised, but I had to deal with some crazy people. Oh, um, especially in a recent uh, relationship with a narcissist where mm. um, to this <laughs> making me out to seem crazy. And I was getting frustrated because I know like relationships take work, but it mm. shouldn't have been this hard and it shouldn't mm. be this hard to try to get to the root of things, especially when I'm a communicator, like I'm a communications person. So I'm trying to ask questions to figure out why you feel this way or why you do things the way that you do. And, um, if that person doesn't want to actively communicate with me, then we don't really have much, especially if they're um, 
like doing and saying things to kind of like discard and disvalue me mm. that just yeah no didn't work out but yeah that didn't last too long i was lucky to uh discover that the situation was what it was due to having been in therapy and dealing with my own childhood traumas and things like that um but yeah uh it didn't end too well for the dude and he ended up ghosting me which i felt was interesting i kind of felt disrespected but then i was just like well it works out because (laughs) (laughs) but but yeah i was just like the nerve like how you gonna ghost me but okay (laughs) you like it i love it oh god oh god you can do that oh wait you wanna go ahead no craig go ahead you was getting ready to talk anyways okay (laughs) do do women take between men and women who takes rejection like you know like the worst i would probably say men do i don't know i mean maybe that's like a kind of per person type of thing like i don't know but from the guys that i've talked to they've always been like well girls are quick to say no and do this and like you know we have to deal with rejection all the time women don't have to deal with rejection that much because it's always like the guys approaching us as opposed to women going after men so i would say with deductive reasoning that it's probably men that deal with it more but i could be wrong excellent answer my dear watson i agree with that actually because i i don't i don't well i've gotten better about it but i I didn't used to take rejection too well my feelings would be hurt some people say some shitty things to me too it's like i had a girl say to me oh you know i don't date black guys i was like whoa how the fuck do i deal with that it's a different level of rejection fucked up man i told the guy told me i've never talked to a girl as dark as you and he was black and like (laughs) i'm like first of all i'm not even dark like that like he had me thinking i was like wesley snipes and i was like the fuck let that man pay his taxes leave him alone man um but also just thinking about the question you asked reminds me of this meme that i saw where it was a guy and his girl and the girl was like in the guy's face or I guess like next to him. No words were exchanged or anything. And then the next frame was like the same image, no words exchanged. And then the next frame was like the girl walking away was like, oh, well shoot, he didn't want, <laughs> he didn't want to talk to me. So I'm just not, I'm going to go on to the next person. But it's like, you can't expect somebody to want to talk to you or, or shoot their shot if they don't know that, you know, they have the ball in their court. You got to open up your mouth and say something like, Closed mouth doesn't get fed. So if you're interested in somebody, you have to, you know, you don't have to necessarily initiate, but at least put stuff out there to make them have a clue or get a clue. Because a lot of guys are clueless. Even if you tell them a million times, like, I like you, I'm interested in you. They're still like, what, me? And they don't get it. So that's about right, because I'm like that. But um, in terms of the mind reader situation approaching, so you make it sound like you're, you approach guys as well. You don't see an issue with having to do that. No. Because like I said, they're not going to know. I've been in situations where I've liked a guy. And I don't know. I'm a little weird about this. Like if I if I really, really like somebody, I'm not going to talk to them. But if I like somebody and I don't care if they like really like me or not, it's like that kind of rejection safety net. Like I could care less if they're like, oh, I'm not too interested. Because I'm like, okay, you know, it is what it is. I didn't... <laughs> This sounds bad, but I didn't really, really, really like you like that. I just like <laughs> really, really, really. <laughs> but I when didn't like you somebody like- that I'm just like enamored by, and I get a little shy with talking to them, like they won't know right off the back that I like them. Like they might hear from somebody else that, oh yeah, Raven had a crush on you, like she was interested in you, and then I might it might open the door for me to be able to go out and actually say something. Because there's a situation that happened recently. There's this guy that I met at a bar. 
And we were like, cool. He knew some of my um, friends. And I asked my friend, like, ooh, who is that? Like, he's fine. You know, he's smart. PhD program and all that stuff. And we would hang out all the time. He invited me, you know, out somewhere to, like, tailgate. And I was like, oh, my God, he invited me to come hang out with him? Like, what? <laughs> and then, um, I'm thinking, like, I'm making tiny steps of progression that kind of gets to the point where I can be like, yo, you know, I've been feeling you. And I've been kept keeping it quiet for, like, a month. Not a month, but, like, a year because... When I first met him, he was in a relationship. So I was like in the cuts waiting for him to be single. Terrible. Single, I was like, <laughs> in the cuts. Terrible. Yeah. So when he was he he was single, I was like, oh, now I can kind of put a little more effort in. We a ended up more. my so friend. Because yeah. I mean, you don't know if people are mm. you know interested in jumping into something else right after a, a previous situation. Cause he also had a kid with um the person he was previously with. So, you know, I'm just trying to be respectful and mindful of all situations or whatever. So I'm taking my little time. I guess I took more time than necessary because next thing I know <laughs> <laughs> I'm at his house. He's having like a little kickback. And I see, first of all, I crack up, but when I walk through the door, I was like, who's little flats are these? Like who well the females up in here? And then I go upstairs and I see it's one of my friends. And I'm like, oh, okay, you know, she's here to kick it too. And then we're drinking and playing games and stuff. And I see them kiss and my heart broke. Like, yeah, it just crumbled. And I was like, I got to leave after this. Because I couldn't take it. I was like, I waited too long. You know, found somebody else. But they didn't last for too long. So after that, I was like, you know what? Just getting to know him a little bit more. I was like, no. He's not really the one that I want. I just like him because he looks good. Like, there's nothing else there. So when he was, like, inviting you, he was always inviting you. You never invited him over to anywhere? Oh, I invited him over to my house once. I was having a Christmas party, and he came. Um, But, I mean, actually, when I went to his house and I saw that my friend was there and they were kissing, I wasn't even invited. Like, my friends were like, (laughs) we're going to so-and-so's house. And they were like, yeah, you know, the guy you got a crush on. I was like, I'm in there. And so because he knows me, me, you know, it wasn't a problem that I show up because we kind of travel like in packs like that. Like somebody would say, oh, I'm having something at my house and everybody that we all know, like mutually would end up over there. So it wasn't a big deal. So it was never any one-on-one time with y'all two? No. <laughs> no. But I'm so sorry. I, so I'm 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 curious. So just out of curiosity, so this is one of your homies, um, the chick <laughs> with the flats. <laughs> we go we just gonna refer to the chick with the flats, flats chick. Um did she know that you liked him? No. Okay. The only people that knew that I liked him were people in my f- close friend group out here. She wasn't part of that. I don't even want to call it like exclusive, like it's all that serious. But she wasn't part of that like close friend group. So um she didn't know. But her her best friend out here, who's a guy who I'm, you know, relatively close to, he knew. So I asked him like, oh my God, <laughs> oh boy and oh girl, they together. And he was like, Yeah. I was like, yeah. Okay. You was gonna say, yeah. Your exclusive friend group, Raven. You you said that like you had to buy a membership or something. (laughs) You got to be jumped in. It's a a monthly installment. Like, (laughs) you got dues. So I'm wondering, like, do you think that would you would it be a problem to date? (laughs) Like what? I, I'm trying to be mindful of how I ask these questions, girl. I know, you know, 
people are sensitive these days. Um, <clears throat> let me sorry. I'm sorry. There's nothing wrong with being sensitive. It's a part of life. It's a natural human emotion. Anyways, um, would you have an issue with dating? Say, say one of your friends dated somebody that you used to date. Would that bother you? Ooh, I just talked to somebody about something similar to this recently. It really depends. It depends on like how close me and that person are. If it's like my best friend, they knew that me and the guy had a past and then like time passed and they didn't say anything to me about it. And then they started dating like my ex. I would feel a type of way, especially since they know, like they're probably that person I went to to talk about all the issues that we had in our relationship. Mm. But if it's somebody like in this case who I wasn't super close to, and like me and the guy didn't date at all, but you know, well, even if we did, say me and the dude were dating and then I find out that they were a thing, she didn't know I had any type of feelings towards him and he didn't know that me and her were like as close as we appear to be. So mm. I wouldn't really be upset because like nobody, that information wasn't disclosed to anyone. And even just looking at us objectively, you couldn't pick up on things like that. So I wouldn't be upset, but. But yeah, if it's somebody I'm close to, like in my close circle, I definitely have a, something to say about it. You know, I feel a type of way. But if it's somebody that I'm not super close to, um, it wouldn't really bother me. So a close friend would get cut off? I wouldn't, I don't know if they'd be cut off, but I would just know, like now I know who I'm dealing with. You know, let me be mindful of what I say to you about people I'm dating because you might <laughs> be the next person in line, you know? Right. <laughs> yep. You might be hiding in the cuts, huh? <laughs> <laughs> okay <laughs> but yeah so raven i'm gonna go back to uh some of the comments we said on the first episode about what we want women to do more according to relationships so let me ask you what are some what are some like you know men are doing wrong and not doing enough in relationships well first what are some things that you guys said in the previous episode so i can kind of gauge like where this is going i said cooking cooking that's it. And reciprocating, because in my previous previous relationships, you know, I, it seemed like I was doing most of the effort, and I was being kind of like taken advantage of. So mm. that's that's what I thought. Mm, I, okay, so what's the question again? What are, what are some what are some you know that men could do more for women in relationships, or what, you know what what are things that you know men are doing wrong? Well, shoot, I haven't dated all men, so I couldn't tell you. <laughs> but I can say <laughs> at least for me or what I've seen is like. <laughs> Communication is a big thing. Um, you have to be able to be honest and upfront about a lot of stuff. Um, especially, you know, you call yourself caring about that person or relationships are a partnership and you know, you want to build with that person. You can't build with them if you're not letting them know like what's wrong or, you know, things that you don't like that are triggering or things like that. In my previous relationship with the narcissist, like we came across something like this where he was doing stuff and I don't, I personally don't like to be upset with somebody if they don't know why I'm upset. So I explained to him like, when you do this particular thing, you know, it's kind of triggering and it reminds me of this like abuse that I experienced years ago. And so I would like if you uh, didn't do it anymore. And he was like, oh, you know, I didn't know that you felt that way. And I was like, okay, well now you know. So next time he did <laughs> the exact same thing, I just went quiet and he was like, well, why aren't you talking? I said, because last time we, came across this issue I expressed to you how I felt about it and you continue to do it and that to me just feels like blatant disrespect and so he was like well if I can't be my complete self with you then you know I guess that we don't really have anything or whatever but it's like 
relationships are about compromise. If there's something that I'm doing that the other person doesn't like, or if the way that I joke isn't like really appealing to him or, you know, isn't their style, I won't continue to do that because I know it's going to cause like a, a rift in the relationship. And if I'm okay with having problems, then I'll just continue to do it. But if I don't want to continue to have problems and I want to be considerate of the person that I'm with and how they feel about things, then, you know, I'll adjust and compromise because I care about them that much. So there's compromising, there's communication, listening to understand and not just to respond. Um, there's equality. Um, shoot, what else? Not that there's a long laundry list, but you know, there's a little list. Elaborate on the equality part, because, you know, a lot of women preach equality in relationships, but like they still seem like they want men to do more of the work. And I mean, work like more of the spending in the relationship. So elaborate on more on equality. I would say equality kind of like maybe division of labor in a sense, or I know you guys mentioned dating and how <laughs> girls are always looking to guys to pay for stuff and how, you know, there should be women that are okay with paying too. Oh, I'm sorry, y'all. Oh, the ghetto. Um, <laughs> Throw that fucking phone out of the room. No, that was my preference. But anyway, so yeah, so equality would be like, if I asked a guy out somewhere, especially not someone that I'm just now like dating, we've kind of been talking for a while. Um, and a while can be like longer than three weeks. If I ask a guy out somewhere, I'm going to be prepared to pay for whatever is going on because I asked them out. I'm not going to ask them out and expect them to pay for whatever it is that, I asked him to go do. And I would expect the same if a guy asked me to go somewhere. When a check comes, he shouldn't be looking like, oh, we going Dutch. Unless that was something that was discussed like, prior to <laughs> You know, I would expect him to pay. But that also goes with laying out expectations, you know, well in advance. Because I came across this video on Instagram where this, this lady um, was dating this guy. And um, for whatever reason, like, she had she he had picked her up early and she had to get food for her kid. So she, she was like, "Can you stop at like McDonald's or whatever so I can get some food for my daughter?" Ordered the food and when they got to the window, she was expecting him to pay. And I had a problem with that because I'm like, "Okay, he's dating you. I know getting to know you more like he's gonna be introduced to your daughter or whatever, depending on the seriousness of the relationship. But in the initial stages of dating, that's not his responsibility unless you lay out the expectation like if you want to date me." Then you got to do X, Y, and Z for me and my daughter. But that wasn't part of the conversation at all. So I just felt like mm, she was kind of out of pocket for, you know, like talking shit about him because he didn't want to pay. Regardless of how much the meal costs, it could have been a dollar menu item, whatever. I'm not spending a dollar. <laughs> um, my thing is, you should have fed your kids before you went on the date. Yeah. In my <laughs> That's true. But, you know, she didn't. And so then they get to the point where they're at the, the window. She's expecting him to pay. And she gets an attitude. She has to pull the money out of her pocket. Like, that's not his responsibility. This is just their beginning stages of dating. The the whole spending money thing is like, ah, it's, it's strange. Um, I kind of wish there was more like a formula to it, but there isn't. I'll definitely say, like, I've been on both both sides of the spectrum. Right, so I've definitely had some moments where, you know, I didn't really, I didn't have it. Like I was working like this minimum wage job or like um, was struggling like being in between jobs. Um, like, I don't know, like I dated a girl um, right after I got out of the police academy and things didn't work out. And there was kind of a brief period where I didn't have a job. Mm, it's been like broken here. What'd you say? I said it smells like broken here. <laughs> 
I said, yeah. You feel that breeze? You feel that cold? Damn. Like, no, but yeah, no, but that's just what it was. It was, it was a phase of me being, you know, I just, I didn't have it. Right. But I'm also not the type of person to make expensive suggestions. Right. Like, I'm not like, let's go to Ruth Chris when I'm, I'm like, I've got McDonald's money. But I will say, like, I've, I've been fortunate enough to where, you know, any woman I was dating during the time um, didn't, didn't mind picking up the tab because I didn't have it at the moment. But when I did get back on my feet and I did get a good job, right? It was, you know, I was like, I'll treat you else to something nice. Like I, I tried to reciprocate it, right? Because I never want to be put in a situation to where I feel like this person is totally reliant. You know, I think that those situations are, they're tough. Definitely tough because I don't mind paying. I don't mind paying uh, within reason, but. Uh, at the same time, if I don't have it, why are you laughing, girl? Yes, I don't mind paying within reason. What is within reason? Well, shit, man. You know, like on one episode, didn't they like, didn't no, mention? Girl, don't you get that extra sauce? What? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, yeah. yeah. I mean, for me, like for example, like my very first day with my girl, she picked up the tacos. Her, you know, idea where to go, what to do, and everything like that. And I said on the first episode, too, that I thought I was going to get a call back. She picked up everything. But then the understand, like you said earlier, where, you know, hey, um, I made all the plans. I invited you out. It made no sense for you to be paying. We have that kind of agreement going on. But let's say we both want to do something together mutually. Then, you know, we go 50-50 or whatever situations go. Like we went to Hawaii. We both wanted to go. We planned that out accordingly. We took care of it. So I think that's what Seb meant too when he said, you know, in reason, like, you know, if it's a reasonable that's situation. Not, that's not what I meant, Dave. Oh, okay. I try to help you, man. I'm, I'm just, I'm just talking about like um, the situation he was in where, you know, he didn't have it and old girl paid. I feel like that's also part of, or a good part of relationships is like, you know, accepting somebody for who they are and where they're at. I wouldn't be upset if I'm dating somebody and like they lose their job and, you know, I want to go out and they can't afford to pay for it because of their situation. But also, you know, I know that that situation isn't going to last forever. Well, hopefully, because some people try me. And that might be their forever situation. But <laughs> hopefully you have a good enough sense to, to find somebody that um, has goals and ambition and won't get complacent with being in a position like that. But you know, that's part of the partnership, um, especially if you're dating with a purpose and, you know, you want to be married. When you're married, you know, somebody has to pick up the slack where the other kind of falls off. Like somebody loses their job. You can't be like, uh-uh, nigga, you was responsible for paying the bills. I guess we homeless. Like, no. <laughs> you don't have to pick up the slack. But some people are like that. Like, you're the man. You're supposed to provide all of this. And, you know, I'm just supposed to keep all my money to me. And that's it. Like, it's a partnership. You shouldn't rely just on one person for certain things. You know, you guys are supposed to work together. So maybe I'm just different in my thinking with that. But you're definitely I, different, I, Raven. You're definitely. I don't know that's, because that's yeah. that's my whole thing with like the equality thing. It's like you know you want things to be fifty fifty, and like in some cases, there's some women who who make more money than the dude, but they still want him to pay more. So it's like, are you unequal in certain departments, or like like what's going on? Oh, is that directed towards me specifically? Anybody? Wait, what were you? I was just I was just speaking in general. 
Oh, well, for me, especially in regards to like the situation, because my favorite thing to do is to watch Married at First Sight so I can look at these situations and think of like what I would do if I was in this particular situation with a particular person. And that came up where there was a woman who made more than a guy and she was expecting him to pay all the bills and her money was just supposed to be for her. And I was like, no, <laughs> it's a partnership. Like it should not be like that. No, he shouldn't be looking to her to pay for anything, to pay for everything. I mean, but especially since she makes more, but there should be um, like the divvying up of the responsibilities, the equality piece. Okay. If you make more, you pay for this thing and I'll pay for all this other stuff, you know, not, or however they work it out. Like it should be between them, how they work it out, but that it should be done together. And she shouldn't be looking at the dude to be paying for everything when he doesn't make as much as she does. Could you date a dude who made, who, uh, made less than you? Yes, I did. And we did not last long because <laughs> oh, <laughs> no, oh, not that. Oh. this guy was some petty in here. No, he was fucking. For <laughs> you get a whiff of that? You get a whiff of that? No. Did you get a whiff? He was out here fucking for his life. And I just did not subscribe to that. So he was but, a whore. No. Elaborate. There, there, there's a guy that I came across that he never had his own stuff. And he would be basically looking for new relationships to have a place to live. Oh. Yeah. I had a yeah. And I just was like, wait, so what are you doing for you? Like, I remember one time he told me about <laughs> a situation where he was looking for an apartment. And, um... He went to go talk to the apartment manager, and when he went to go sign the papers, he found out that they had ended up leasing the apartment to somebody else because they had all their stuff together before he got there. And so he was like, yeah, that's it. And I was like, so you didn't look at any other place, put an application elsewhere? He was like, nah, I just was like, I'm going to wait. And here you are still living with your mom, but not even coming out and saying that he lives with his mom. He says his mom comes and stays with him on occasion. And I was like, oh, I, <laughs> I talk to you every day. And every day that I've talked to you, your mom has been there. And whenever you're out and about, you're with your mom. So you can just come Work. out and say that you live with your mom. I know that the Bay Area is expensive. So realistically, I know everybody's not going to be able to live on their own. But you can find a roommate so that you don't have to live with your mom. But it just was like the the honesty and stuff, it wasn't there. The gaslighting and stuff, it that was there. He was making me out to be crazy for asking questions and being like, okay, this, what you're saying and what you're doing is not lining up. So what's really going on? So yeah, so that didn't work out because he was out here fucking for his life. He came to my house <laughs> and ate them all up. Oh no. And then was looking to me. He lied about being able to cook. And I just was like, what? What did you have to lie for? Like, oh my God, y'all. This oh, take some sorry. burgers. And he was trying to make, <laughs> he seasoned the burgers and was trying to make the burgers without turning the eye on on the stove. And I was like, <laughs> what? what? Because you don't know what you're doing. You Note didn't have yourself. to lie and said you know uh, how to cook. Like you never try crack. <laughs> Tweaker shit. Where's he from? Richmond. That oh. makes sense. That oh. explains a lot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that makes sense now. Okay. They they kind of raggedy. Yeah. So Raymond, yeah. I wish you had told yeah. us this ahead of time. We could have gave you some tips on how to deal with that mess. So I know, I know how to deal with it. So Raymond, oh freedom! He's back in the streets, looking for his life. So Raven, the cooking. Like, do, is there a certain level of expertise you expect out of, like, your partner when it comes to cooking, or is it just effort that counts? It's just the effort that counts. I'm not going to lie and say I'm a cook. Like, I know how to make stuff that I like. If I'm interested in trying something new, I'm going to do my best to make sure that 
I make it to the best of my abilities, but I just don't be in there chefing it up. So you're not going to get, you know, a top-notch chef out of me. You might get a little sous chef. I'll cut up some shit for you, oh. you know, <laughs> play the back. But <laughs> I'll, I'll put in effort. I'm sure I know how to boil water. I know how to make some stuff, but it's like, we're going to end up eating the stuff that I know how to make all the time. Because unless you tell me you want something new, you want to try some new stuff or you going to help me in here, then we're going to be stuck. And you don't see an issue with a guy expecting the same thing from his um, partner as well. Right? Like it should be like, okay, as long as you can serve a decent meal, and like you know serve or not serve but like cook for me every once in a while there shouldn't be an issue with that right wait cooking for you every once in a while yeah i mean i don't see an issue with it oh, look, is quiet he there too? is he cooking too every once in a while we yeah he takes turns okay so yeah there's no problem with that <laughs> yeah because i've seen we talked on this the last like episode but we've seen like people especially during COVID, all the restaurants and things closed where you know they're not really cooking as much well, they're cooking more at home. And you could just tell some of these people probably never like cut anything before or turn on the eye. Ooh, like your boy. Turn on the eye. <laughs> they had a cereal for dinner and peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Yeah, now you're seeing it feels like, oh, having those uh, Tyson, you know, the little dinosaur nuggets. So it's, <laughs> yeah. TV dinner. So, like, it's not wrong for guys to like question, okay, I hope she can cook as well. They shouldn't have to be the only one serving meals. Yes. Yeah, I mean, that's valid for him to question because that's something girls can question too. Like, can he cook? Because clearly in my situation, that fool lied. <laughs> he didn't know how to turn us up. Ooh, so many things was wrong with that. But, <laughs> but God, okay. But yeah, um, but yeah, it's a valid question. You know, you would want to know and want to know their level of expertise so that you can adjust like what the expectation is. You can't be like, oh, I can cook. And then you go in there and see that they trying to cook something without turning on the oven, turn on the stove and they just look dumb. <laughs> You're like, you know, I've never really had to cook, but I'm willing to give it a shot. And this is where I'm at with my skills. Then I could work with you. Okay. You should be able to work with me. That's real. That's real. Uh, I mean, I can cook some things, but I'll let you know, like, if you're expecting to walk into the kitchen and see Gordon Ramsay, I'm not the one. It's just not going to happen. Because I'll be in there like, it's fucking wrong. <laughs> I'm like, what are you doing? Yeah, that steak gonna be extra rare. It's all not, good. not on my watch. <laughs> it's just a little blood. Be all right. Blood ain't hurt nobody. You don't want to cook all the nutrients out of it. Cook my shit right. You don't want to cook the nutrients out of it. Like Craig said, medium well, please. I want to know it hit that heat. You feel me? <laughs> How you not turn the eye on? I'm still tripping about them. You know, I was confused too. <laughs> Where'd you and find them at? Like, like enrichment raven. In the gutter. <laughs> in the gutter. The I, raccoons. I've known he's like, a hilltop, wasn't he? No, I've known him. We oh, have gonna be uh, gone soon. <laughs> we had known of each other for a couple years, and we have no well, more than a couple years, and we have mutual friends, and we reconnected during COVID. And so I had to sit back and assess the situation like what am I doing? Am I bored? Am I just talking to this person because it's something to do? Cause I'm just stuck in the house and it would be nice to be in a relationship. So I had to sit back and be honest with myself about what was going on. And then honest about our relationship in general and what was going on. And just all of that was a mess. Like <clears throat> there was love bombing going on. Like we hadn't even been together for a week. And love he was talking about how he loved me and how I was the love of his life. And he wanted to be married and was naming our kids and all of that stuff. And I was like, whoa, you know, I understand that you, you might really like somebody, but this just doesn't seem right. And the red flags was going up. 
So it was a lot of different things going on in that particular situation where I was just like, yeah, I'm going to have to give him the boot. What the fuck type of spell, what type of witchcraft when Guardian Leviosa shit did you put on him to have him saying that he loves you and you've only known him for a couple of weeks? What type I, of I was just a person of substance. <laughs> and if you uh, know, like, <laughs> If you know how narcissists work, like you'd understand, because I was telling him about all the stuff that was going on with me. Wait, this is the same guy? Yes, the one that didn't know how to cook. Probably in the place to stay. Right, <laughs> you don't, you don't even know the half. He wanted to come visit. Like he wanted to come visit during COVID, and I was like, you know, I don't mind you coming up here to stay for a little while. He was like, well, how long can I stay? And I was like, you're not moving what? in here. Going to that 14 day quarantine with you. That's what he was trying oh, to do. Like, can I can I spend a night at your house tonight? And for two weeks straight, no. <laughs> you a fake positive test and hug you and say, oh, we together now. No, you gonna be together on your own. But um, but yeah, it just was like I was explaining to him the things that was going on with me. Like I'm getting ready, or I had just finished my master's program. I started a coding class. I was nominated for Cal State East Space um, 40 Under 40 for um, you know work I've been doing in the community and things like that. And narcissists like to um, like be that person in the spotlight or be attached to somebody in the spotlight that has all these accolades and things like that. And the funniest part about all of this was like, he was talking about he, how he could upgrade me. And I was like, upgrade me how? Like you have some college, my nigga, like all you can do is upgrade me from single to taken. That's it. <laughs> he hashtag Beyonce you. Yeah, oh. no. So I was confused, but I was just like, okay, let me take a look at this for real. And I had to, I tried to explain to him like how I was feeling about things and we'd be talking in circles. And I was just like, no, I can't, we're not getting anywhere. And this is just too much. It, it was a lot of emotional work and I was the only one putting in emotional, you know, work and effort. And I was just like, mm, it's not worth it. So I had to let him go and let him go in the best way that he kind of knew. So with him ghosting me, if that was the best way for it to work, I was completely fine. Cause I was like, you can go back. Cause he was still talking to his ex at the time and talking about their best friends and whatnot. And I just was like, this all seems like a mess. This lasted and longer than it should have. Yeah, two days too long. We were together for a total of four weeks. It was four weeks too much. I ain't gonna say we were together for two days. I'm gonna say that all happened in two days. Mm -hmm. yeah. Relationship was half over when we was two weeks in. Yikes. I was like, let me let him come up here so that I can tell him like, now that we spent more time together, it's a no for me. <laughs> Do you ever feel like you intimidate men? I mean, by that, I mean, <laughs> it's the fact that you, you know, you're educated, right? Like you're goal oriented. I, I, uh, I feel like that does play a part because it's like, they can't, I don't want to say like off me like glitz and glam and all of that, but I mean, I have I have everything on my own already. So what can they offer me kind of thing? Like some people are looking, maybe like looking to save somebody or, you know, looking to upgrade them, I guess. And it's just like, I have my own place, have my own car. Like I pay for all of my own things. If I want to travel, I'm not looking for any handouts. You know, I can buy things when I want them. If I want them whatever it is i want like whatever it is that i want i can get so what is it that a guy can offer me really outside of that and it's the, like the male companionship but you can't you can't get my attention like trying to buy me things that i could buy for myself type of situation and i feel like also with education playing a part like 
a lot of people and i understand this completely like school isn't for everybody so if there's somebody that isn't on the same level education wise as me they may be intimidated by trying to talk to me because they're like well why would she be interested in me if i don't look like her on paper and mm -hmm. i don't subscribe to like that school of thought either there's some things that are like um deal breakers for me but i understand school isn't for everybody because hell i hated school and, <laughs> and then i continued to go but still <laughs> i hated it every step of the way but i know it's not for everybody so i feel like that does play a major part um in it to a degree but not always it's like you got to have something else to offer i've, I've done i feel you i the, the whole school piece is something that has definitely come up in some interactions i've had with women where i've, I've felt like uh vast majority of you know the women i've dated have all graduated from college and you know i've gone to like some really you know really good universities and i'm still working on my education but i felt like there are times where i felt like people are a little condescending because i felt like oh well you know because i graduated from college i know more than you and i'm like that's mm, yeah that's not all the way it because there's people that be out here like in my program for instance a master's degree program there's people in the program that just are sitting in there as warm bodies or now online as warm bodies just trying to get a piece of paper they're not trying to get anything out of the program or learn anything and with your bachelor's degree you can slide by i know plenty of people taking hella classes credit no credit but then they still got their their ba or bs or whatever and they were bsing the whole time looking they at my transcript anything. <laughs> i think we all did to an extent <laughs> i did the last quarter i'm not gonna even bullshit but yeah but <laughs> You can't talk in a condescending way to somebody that, you know, doesn't have that say, especially if you didn't put that level of effort in. If you were sitting in there sleeping class and all of that, you know, taking classes, credit, no credit, copying people's work. And then you want to talk down to a person that is working currently working on their degree or trying to get their life together. I don't have nothing to say to you because you just you full of it. That's what I'm saying, man. I'm like, these are people who it's like you, you look down on somebody who doesn't have a college degree, but. When's the last time you read a book all the way through? You know what I mean? Like, so. The book. A book. What's that? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, just uh, to to go back to your, your non-negotiables, what are some things that that have to be, what are, what are some absolutes for you? What does this person absolutely have to have? <laughs> have to have patience. Um, he's getting ready to say something else first. No, I'm, like, oh, no. I was like, after my last situation, they definitely gonna have to have a, a bachelor's degree at least. Because also, to some extent, like the conversation is different when you're talking to someone that has gone to college as opposed to somebody that has it even if it's college just for a little bit but this person went to community college for like two quarters and was talking about they could upgrade me and i was like sir okay <laughs> so yeah so education uh, is important and it doesn't have to be necessarily book smart it can be street smarts or the combination of but you got to have something to teach i want somebody to be able to teach me something because i've always been the smart one like woo me with you know who's mm, trying to teach you how to dougie no, because I'm also like a sapiosexual, so I really enjoy like somebody that can hold a conversation and, you know, can woo me with their their smarts, what they know. But anyway, what else is a deal breaker? Um, Shoot, self-care, because <laughs> that same person 
that didn't know how to cook was walking around here looking like a caveman and blaming it on COVID. But I was like, sir, just two months ago, before this started, you was you you were walking on hooves, didn't clip your toenails or nothing. Like, come on, you look like a werewolf. Like, let's not play these games. So, yeah, yeah. It was a mess. I had to sit down and. Ugh. But yeah, that's a, that was another thing. Like self-care is really important because even if things are closed and you can't go and like get your hair done like you normally would, there's stuff that you can do at home. <laughs> I can cook my clothes at home so that I'm not scratching up somebody's sheets and carpets. And sheets? <laughs> you got license shit. Oh shit, but, you, was, you was dating Dr. Jekyll. <laughs> Edward fucking Scissorhands. Oh. But yeah, shit. I mean, I'm thinking off the top of my head, like I can't, I don't have like a long list of things, but I mean like, um, you know, self-care and taking care of themselves, their parents and stuff, that's important. Um, education is important to me. Um, patience, communication. Um, what else? Cause yeah, listening to understand as opposed to listening to respond is really important and makes a difference right um respect and shoot trust those are things that i'm not gonna waver on what about y'all do you think that relationships should be hard and i say that because it's it's something that i commonly hear like oh relationships are hard relationships are hard and in the back of my head i'm like saying that doesn't make me want to get in a relationship no i wouldn't say the relationships definitely can be hard, but I wouldn't say like that. Relationships take work. And we yeah. live in a time where a lot of people don't want to put the work in. So they'd rather situationships so that they can discard people when they have to do too much. Like, oh, you want me to yes. commit? Oh, no. Let me go talk to somebody that isn't worried about that. <laughs> Let mm. me be, you know, a side piece because I don't have to do all of that work. They got a main person. I don't have to worry about all of that. You know, that's what it is to me. It's like... Not that it's necessarily hard. It can be hard, especially if you're dealing with a narcissist or somebody raggedy, but they take work <laughs> and a lot of people don't like to put that work in. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that, Raven. So according to research, they said that, you know, our age demographic is, you know, we have the lowest like birth rates and marriages and we have like, you know, the shortest, you know, relationship time periods. What do you notice in our generation, you know, that's, you know, compared to like our parents? What's the biggest difference, you know, when it comes to relationships? You know, why are things so bad between us right now? Um, I would say uh, our generation, to a degree, is more work-oriented. So they're working on, you know, their careers and stuff first before settling down, especially since they may have seen, like, their parents or other family members struggle uh, during that time having children and stuff relatively young. But also, like, your access to people. They didn't have Tinder and stuff when my parents were in college and high school and and whatnot so they don't get to see all of us out there they get to see what's close by and grab onto something because they don't want to be alone they grab the first thing smoking and then they you know rock with them for the rest of eternity or for how long they they please or until the next you know right person comes along but with us it's like oh they're not doing what's on my laundry list or whatever let me go swipe and see who else may be out there and they may be better fitting there's just way too many options i also to some degree kind of feel like um, this current generation is healing from some of the wounds caused by an older generation. And I say that because 
nowadays people have developed a more like a greater sense of independence whereas back in the day you had no choice but to rely on your partner right when i think about <clears throat> i um, see where you're going with that kind of sort of but yeah <laughs> like my like so for example one of the things my my aunt used to say is hey, you know your grandmother bought her first house when she was 21 it was like well grandma was born in 1930 right <laughs> and uh i was like grandma didn't buy that house grandpa bought that house <laughs> like there there's there's a difference right there's, it was different times one thing i will say though is that there was a greater level of commitment right like you you committed to working through mm. whatever issue it is that you were going through at the time or you just what you said? <laughs> well, yeah, or you just learn to live with it because my family history, like, uh, my family's gonna hate me for putting this out there, but oh shit, um, my great grandfather, he had a wife and a mistress, and my family comes from the mistress side, and like the wife and my great grandmother, they worked together to raise each other's kids. They were next door neighbors and stuff. Like he didn't even go around the corner looking for somebody else. Like she was just right there, but they worked together. Um, with building a family and making sure each other's kids were clothed and whatnot. Nowadays, you you probably won't see that. But also, the expectation is that you're not going to go and step out. But <laughs> access to people, you know, has become easier with, like, these date naps and stuff. So you probably wouldn't even know if they had somebody else. But I also wanted to say that, like, how we view life, like, relationships and stuff like that is also informed by what we've seen and, like, what family members and uh, people that raised us have uh, like dictated or told us. So we don't know anything else. Somebody may say, or somebody may have had um, abusive parents and, you know, when they get into a relationship, they'll, they'll say, as long as they don't like put their hands on me, you know, we have a solid and a cool relationship, but everything else is lacking too. But they're, what they see as like relationship goals is like, well, at least he doesn't punch me. Like you, you get what I'm saying? That's depressing. Yeah. No, I terrible. You. It is terrible, but I hear you. I hear what you're saying. I, yeah, I don't know. I think more things are, like you said, we, we, there's a greater access to people, right? Um, I do feel like oftentimes people harp, they focus too much on the whole love aspect and not enough on the commitment aspect. Because I feel like love is sort of a spectrum, right? Like you, you can be with somebody for X amount of time, you fall in and out of love, right? Um, I mean, it happens right but i think just again committing to doing the work committing to this individual that you know we're, we're, we're going to make this work that's why you take vows and you get married right um for better or for worse right because um things change people grow right um and i mean i guess you can however you choose to word it you know whether it just be st sticking with something or working through it or whatever um like I know like my grandparents had their fair share of issues, but they did what they needed to do to provide for the family, right? To keep the family together. And I think that this new generation is to some degree, like they're, I've seen people just kind of be quick to just throw in the towels. Like you get into an argument, it's like, okay, well maybe we're not compatible. It's like, that can't be it. Cause what happens when, you know, you do get to that stage where you've been talking to somebody for X amount of years and you decide to, to you know, to get married, right? and you get into an argument would you just divorce this person right like you're not going to make an effort to try and work through it that's the work piece that i'm talking about like when things get like that's yeah that's the difference between like 
our generation's relationships and relationships that our parents and like grandparents had like they didn't believe grandparents at least at least for mine didn't believe in divorce well if they got married because i got a set of grandparents that didn't get married and my granny was in love with my grandfather till the day that they both died but anyway um my uh paternal grandparents hmm. went through a lot of issues that had to do with their blended family um and everything else even like stuff that was going on in the community with them being the only black family in the community and having to deal with all of that Mm. And my grandfather working to provide for the family because my my nana she didn't work, but they stuck it out. They spent years married. My grandfather built a house for her and stuff. They worked through all the issues and problems that they had, and probably shouldn't have done a lot of stuff like in my my aunts and uncles and my dad's face, you know. But it also taught them like. In a sense, you know, when you come across problems, you got to sit there and work it out because they they see now the end result. Like they were together for years. They learned my grandparents learned each other, you know, and they were able to work through stuff. But nowadays you argue over playing a video game or not or whatever. And it's just like, oh, no, I'm done. Like I can find somebody else to spend time inside. You know, it's just little little trivial things that shouldn't be big deals that become big deals when all you got to do is have a simple conversation or you know, express how you feel about stuff so that you can work through it and move forward. A lot of people don't want to do that. Going back on what this whole workload conversation, you know, like Cedric said, back in the day, more like 90% of the time, the man or the husband, father provided the housing, the everything of that nature. And slowly women picked up more hours at work, went from part-time to freelance to now working full-time careers. We can kind of say the economy kind of did that too. And you know now women, they really have a hard time balancing the work-life balance the same way guys do. But we just talked about the guys you've experienced. So what do you do to keep that balance? See, I'm a different case. We know. <laughs> I'm a firm believer. Right, in like, Clearly. <laughs> wow. um, I'm a firm believer in like people will make time for what they want. And like there was times where I'm working two jobs, I'm in school full time. So I'm literally, you know, occupied for 15 hours, but I can send a simple text to let somebody know that, you know, I got a lot of stuff going on, but I'm thinking about you or making time. Cause like, there's also a saying that goes, there's two types of people in this world, people that make time to talk to you and people that talk to you in your free time. So which one are you? And that's a valid question. Mm -hmm. Like when you got all the time in the world, then you think about me, what about the times that you don't and you would have to make time? Do you do that? Like I want somebody that even in the midst of all the stuff that they're going, through it got going on they'll still make time to talk to me because they know or they they feel like i'm an important piece of their life and they want me to know that and they want to show up and show that i am as opposed to well i was doing all of this stuff and so here i am five days later reaching out to you because i got some time that's not gonna sit too well with me <laughs> so that's yeah. a good point i didn't think about it like that <laughs> mm -hmm. I, wonder, too. <laughs> I feel you i'm wondering how's are there any like good qualities that you picked up from your ex or any of your exes or anything that you learned from them that that was positive that stuck with you? Any good qualities? Yeah. This wasn't a person that I was with like in an established like we are boyfriend girlfriend and we are going to grow and build together but somebody that I was talking to or entertaining 
And the one thing I appreciated about him was that we can we can like feel a way about certain things and we can come together and express that and talk it out, like communicate and then move through it, you know, work through it and then not be an issue or come back later, you know, or like be thrown in each other's faces. Like even communicating about communicating. Like, you know, mm. I don't like how I don't hear from you for like days on end and then you'll reach out and say you call me back and you never do. And mm. then we'll talk through it. And so after giving it so many chances, like it didn't end up working out and I had to cut them off. But I appreciate the fact that, you know, we could talk without having a bunch of emotions in the way so that we can clearly hear each other and work through the problem. Like he, I'm, I felt heard and understood and he felt the same. And so that just was one particular person. And that was something that was actually new to me at the time too. Um, but I appreciated that a lot about him because I'd never experienced that before. It was always like me trying, it was like pulling teeth, trying to communicate with the other person and trying to see how they felt about something and express how I felt about the particular situation so that we can move forward. Makes a lot of sense. What about you, Craig? Is there any, any, any positive attributes or characteristics that you picked up from a previous relationship? I got to think about this one. Hold up. Uh-oh. <laughs> well, my last relationship, you know, it taught me, you know, like like you said, Raven, communication. Like, I'll be honest, my, my communication at first wasn't all that good. You know, I, I wouldn't, you know, tell her certain things. You know, she had to beg me to open up about, you know, things in my past, things that I like, things that I don't like. So I think, you know, communication was the biggest thing with me that I picked up from my last relationships. So why is it so hard for men to open up and like express how they feel about things? I got this one. So take it, Dave. <laughs> Go ahead and take it. So you got a lot of saying it. Bag them in. So a few years ago, and even before that, I had, I was talking to someone who would always say, open up, open up. Don't be shy. Don't open up. And I would, I'll let her know about like past traumas, things of that nature. But whenever we got into an argument, she would hit below the belt. And, you know, when it's a trauma, you really have nowhere to go from there. And so a lot of guys are considered soft or too emotional when we finally speak up. So I think I think at least every guy, at least once or twice in their life, have been called soft or teased by their, their partner just for opening up. And I could say it's not just that one partner. It's been about three or four. Like I had one where I tried to end it and she just threw everything I said back in my face. Yeah. So like at that point, just, you know, guys are afraid to open up because some people see it as a weakness to us and they'll use it against us. And how old were you dating these people and having all these experiences? About same, about six, seven years ago. That That's true. I will say that like, um, yeah, I, I've definitely been in some situations where I felt like maybe I I, I opened up to a person um, about something that was personal for me. And for me, I'm like, I, there's limits to how much shit that I'll share with you. Like a lot of people know about like my family and, and my family dynamics and shit like that. But that to me is not personal, right? But there's been times where I've really gotten close to somebody and I've I've opened up to them about how I was feeling. And then later on, it came up in an argument. And it was kind of like, well, I, you know, I told you that, and, you know, in confidential, in confidentiality, you know what I mean? And, and now you're you're bringing this, this shit up again. Or um, 
you know, be, I don't know, people doing passive aggressive shit, like posting shit on Instagram, like, oh yeah, the nigga, nigga, like, yeah, you know, like posting some bullshit. And it's like, everybody knows what the fuck you're talking about. So why would you, you know what I mean? Like if that was the case, I could have just kept it to myself. Well, now after having had these experiences with people like that, are these questions that you ask, like when you meet a new, like potential partner, like, are you the type of person to take something I tell you in confidence and throw it back in my face? Or do you just not ask and then it ends up happening to you again? I mean, no, it doesn't ever come out like as a direct question because you kind of... That'd be weird to do. I mean, like they wouldn't tell the truth if you asked them. But you'd be sure to find out. True, it's funny, like you say it's weird, but it's like as you date and you have these experiences, it is helps to equip you next time to like cut through the bullshit and get to the point like okay it's funny because i was talking to one of my sorties about this and she's like dating an older gentleman and i know older people don't play like if they like you and they can see this is going somewhere they're gonna be like all right what are we doing i've known you for five days and i like you we five days, five days. <laughs> <laughs> i mean it's quick but like they get to the That's point they don't have time to waste. So it's like, okay, now you gotta, you be intentional and date with a purpose. You don't have time to waste. You wanna know, in this situation, would you act like this? People don't like to answer the hard hitting questions, but it's important so that you can weed through all of that. Like you mentioned the honeymoon phase, like you can easily navigate through that and like, okay, in this situation, would you act like this? So that you don't waste your time, you don't waste their time. <laughs> That's how I feel like it's, I guess it's weird, but I'd ask if I'd experienced something and uh, I asked them straight up, like, all right, in this situation, even though people don't like answering hypothetical questions, but you can just say, I've experienced this and I want to know what would you do in this situation? And then be able to infer for yourself, like how they would respond and then see, is this somebody I want to continue talking to or not? Well, well, I've definitely, I haven't, I haven't asked direct questions like that, but more so like I have told a story about something that's happened to me and, and talked about how it affected me just to sort of not it's kind of a way of informing somebody indirectly like hey this happened to me and it you know made me feel this type of way so that they know so for me if the shit comes up again in the future me having told you the story it's like oh I, I'm telling you about a time when somebody you know used something personal that I said against me I'm telling you the story I, I told you how this affected me so now I'm leaving it up to you to make the decision whether you want to. Nah, see, do the same you thing. can't use anecdotes all the time and get people to think people are gonna get it. Much like earlier when we were talking about like being honest and upfront and like opening up your mouth and saying like, "Hey, I'm interested in you," because some people aren't gonna get it. You have to be like, "Hey, I've experienced this. It makes me feel like this, you know. And if this is how you're gonna respond to it, then let's just walk away." Because leaving it open like that, like. It just, it's, it's not going to produce the end result that you would hope for or looking for. Some people, you got to be real direct, but you can't beat around the bush and give little stories and anecdotes and think that they're going to get the point because they're not. I mean, but, but I kind of consider that the equivalent of like, we're walking down the street, we see a dark alley and I'm like, hey, last time somebody walked down that alley, they got their ass whooped and you decide to walk down that alley. It's like, you didn't get the- be like, I'm not them. I wish a nigga would. I didn't know you were super they, nigga. My if bad. They walk down that alley unscathed. Then what? They were like, "See, it didn't happen to me. It happened to them. I'm not them." That's real. You got lucky this time. Maybe, maybe not. Next time they go rob you. That's what it is. <laughs> I feel you though. I feel you. I'm being I'm being open.
and being upfront with how you feel about certain things. Um, but that's also part of relationships too, is that like, as, and essentially what it is, is you're being vulnerable and you're giving somebody your heart to potentially break it or not. And you're hoping that they don't. So you have to like take that mask off and be vulnerable, be honest, be upfront about things and openly communicate so that you can get to where you want to go. If somebody ends up breaking your heart, it's the part of the game. The game is the game. You can't be guarded at all times. Like somebody, I wasn't going to say penetrate, but somebody's going to have to get in there. <laughs> oh, shit. Somebody. <laughs> Very poor. That's real, but but that's my thing too. Is like people will say things like, "Well, I didn't say this because I didn't want you to feel this type of way. I didn't want you to, I didn't want to get my feelings hurt." And my whole thing is like, your feelings are gonna get hurt. Your feelings at some point in every relationship, your feelings will be hurt. I don't give a fuck what anybody says. It's it happens. It happens. It's a part. It's it's a part of the game. And whether or not you know, you, I mean, you can have a discussion with whether or not it was intentional. But I mean, she. It, it's gonna happen at some point or another. So for me, I'm like, you just have to get, you have to get past that because what's gonna happen is gonna happen regardless. Right? Yeah, people's feelings are gonna get hurt, but will your partner respect you enough to also empathize with you, hear from your perspective where you're coming from, and be able to understand and be better moving forward? That's a piece of it too that a lot of people are missing out on. That's true. Yeah, and this all revolves around trust. Like how. How long does it take to really gain someone's trust with some of your secrets? Like, yeah. we've all known each other for a long time. And so I trust y'all because we've been through shit. But, like, it takes a lot to trust somebody when you've only known them for, like, six months to really tell them all, like, the shit you've been through, or how you really feel about things. So, like. And also, when you tell somebody, like, y'all, that's always laughing at everything. <laughs> you trying to be serious. <laughs> Calling me out, Raven? Yes. <laughs> You do that, Dave. I listen. You know, I hear everything. People laugh at some fucked up shit, though. It's like you try to tell somebody a story, but how you fell down the stairs. Oh yeah, I'm definitely exactly. That's what I'm talking about. But that also goes with like knowing your partner, like knowing who you're with, knowing your friends. I know if I'm confiding in y'all about something, there's gonna be laughs, but I know it won't be malicious, like (laughs) at all. It's just all like all jokes. And you guys will give me the feedback that I need if necessary when I ask for it. You, your intent would not be to like hurt my feelings or anything. Now, if I am impacted that way, I can let you guys know. And I am hoping that you'd be sensitive to how I feel about something and like correct your your actions and stuff or like backtrack and let me know, you know, you may have been impacted that way, but that wasn't my intent. And then we can move forward. And I wouldn't harbor like any harsh feelings and say, well, fuck that. I'm not talking to Craig, Dave and Cedric no more or letting them know X, Y, and Z. Like, no, we've been able to get to a point where I kind of know how you guys are. And if I do feel impacted a certain way, then I can be honest and upfront with you guys and you guys will receive it and, you know, not repeat the same thing next time. So, I have, a, I have a question I'm, I'm, I'm itching to get your opinion on. Do you think... No. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Next question. Next question. <laughs> Next. <laughs> no. But no, on, on a serious note, though, do you think that it, in a relationship, a successful relationship, it's sometimes necessary to lie? Now, now, hang on, hang on. I'm not talking about some bullshit like I got eight baby mamas or something like that and I didn't tell you about it. I'm not talking about that. What I'm saying is, classic example, um, babe, do I look fat in this dress? And and you see like 
some rolls or something hanging out the side. Now you can't go and tell her, yes, babe, you look a little, you look a little big in that dress. Because people take it the wrong way. You can find other ways to say them. Like maybe, you know, uh, okay. that might not be it. Try another one on or whatever, you know? Like Let's try at home. That, that's huh? true. But I feel like sometimes people say things like, well, it's not what you said. It's how, it's how you said but it. Also, don't ask questions that you don't want a real answer to. <laughs> there we go. Because sometimes people will trap you. Yeah. The yeah, you yeah people ask, like, how does this dress look, you know? And uh, you know you look fat. Dress example, but you know, <laughs> you just got to be mindful of, of who you're dealing with, and like also don't ask questions you don't want the real answer to. If you gonna ask them, how does this make me look, and you don't expect the real answer, you expect some flowery, cute shit. Well, surprise, bitch! Like when you keep the real, <laughs> well, don't get upset. Well, wait a, minute. a lot of women expect that though. Like they don't really want the truth, even though they ask for it. Like why? Why? Why do some some women do that? I ain't gonna say all. I've I've definitely been in some situations where somebody has asked me to give my opinion on something it's like oh well what do you think about this or like somebody has been you know talking about whatever like i, I had a, a girl one time she was talking about something that happened to her at work and she was like do you think i was a bitch to them and i'm like uh, well in the most gentle ways right well you know i think that you I mean, yeah, I mean, I think you were a little rude to them. And that turned into an argument. I'm like, why the fuck did you ask me? Well, yeah, see, like, mm, some why? people also don't like hearing about themselves or like they just want you to placate the situation and agree with their actions. And they're not looking for you to give an honest response. Like that's similar, but different than like asking about their appearance in a certain type of outfit or how the outfit looks. But yeah, it's like, don't, don't ask questions that you don't want the real answer to. Like, but also it goes with knowing your partner and knowing how to effectively communicate with them the point that you're trying to get across and answering their question in a way that you know they'll be able to understand. Mm. I see. Like you, you could have said, you know, I wouldn't say that you were acting like a bitch to them, but it, you know, it was maybe a, coming off a little rude or whatever the case may be. And I mean, if an argument ensues from that, well. You just got to get better at picking people, Cedric, because I don't know. <laughs> but, you know, like, yeah, it's just, yeah. Different caliber of people is one. Effectively communicating is another. And not, you know, you play silly games, you win silly prizes. Don't ask me no dumbass shit. I'll give you a dumbass answer. <laughs> and this is why we're from the Raven, ladies and gentlemen. This is why we're from and Raven, everybody. That's Raven. That is Raven. <laughs> I wonder when people hear your name. What I mean when you walk into a room, are people ever surprised what you look like? Because I'm like, if, if I hear Raven, or if I see it on like a resume, I'm not sure what the fuck to expect. I'm like, I don't know if it's a, a bird that's gonna fly in this motherfucker. I don't know if it's an email chick or like I don't. I don't know what the fuck is gonna walk in the room. So I experienced a microaggression around like my my voice and my name about two years ago when I started my program um, up here at UW and it was weird to me and I realized like that it was really a problem because that's all I could think about was after the fact. So during orientation, well actually no, 
prior to even starting orientation, I had applied for a position because, you know, I do like video work and stuff, applying to be like a student assistant in the video lab and helping other students in the program with videos and editing and lighting and all that other stuff. And so I had an interview with the person They asked me like, you know, how familiar am I with equipment and certain things? And I'm like, I've been doing this for freelance, you know, for like 10 years. I know I've done government TV. I've done news. I've done, you know, a whole wide variety of things. We go to orientation. Um, he sees me in person. He's taking my photo. And he's like, oh, you're Raven. Oh, I didn't expect you to look like that. And I was like, the fuck? Oh, shit. What did you expect me to look like? But I didn't, like, ask him right off the cuff, like, you know, like that. I sat there during orientation. I just replayed it in my mind, like, what do you mean? And then I found out, like, to add insult to injury, that it was a white chick that got the job, and she knew nothing about video or anything. And I was just like, wow, that's crazy. So I sat there, and I couldn't even, like, take this person seriously, the person that asked me, you know, or that said, I didn't expect you to look like that. And then later on in the year, I brought it to the attention of um, the faculty, and I was just like, this really rubbed me the wrong way. And they were like, well, what would you like us to do? Like, they ended up talking to him about it. And they were like, would you like an apology? And I said, you know, actually no i just want you to bring it to his attention and to let him know like not to address people like that because it's rude and disrespectful and so he apologized to them and they relayed the message to me but i just was like wow and then to have a program or to be a leader in a program that talks about you know leadership and equity and inclusion and whatnot and this is how you respond it was bad enough that i can count on one hand how many other people of color were in that co in my cohort like Four other black people in my cohort, then the rest was split up between Asians and white people. And so you, you're like, I didn't expect you. Well, what did you expect? Hmm. And I should have interrupted it that way, but it took me a minute to learn how to interrupt microaggressions and all that stuff too. But it just was like, I also had to think of, well, what is the end result that I want from this? Well, I don't, he doesn't need to apologize to me because I could care less about him. But in the future, I want him to not address somebody else like this and make them feel that way. And it's all because of like my voice to some degree because you have the professional voice you have the i'm just kicking it voice or whatever um my professional voice may not have sounded like something a black woman would sound like i guess M my name may make you think that i wouldn't show up as a black woman well surprise <laughs> it is what it is so yeah you sound pretty ethnic to me right damn right no <laughs> just kidding <laughs> But yeah, but outside of that, like when people see my name, they sing a That's So Raven theme song and everything else and ask questions. But so Raven, it's the feature I can see. It's not anything I'm not used to. But that just was one thing that stood out to me and just really pissed me off. You ever read The 48 Laws of Power? No. You should check it out. I think you'd like it. Does it come on audiobook? It does. All right, then I might just check it out. There you go, girl. I, I think you a nigga raven. <laughs> no, really, it's like Nyquil. <laughs> it puts me to sleep. So sorry. That's I fair. That that's that's fair. It's a good book, though. Really, really good book by Robert Greene. Um, there's a lot of like lawyers and politicians, um, like CEOs of these like Fortune 500 companies who like swear by this book. Okay, what what does that have to do with what we're talking about? Uh, because you were talking about um, it took you a while to learn how to respond to microaggressions. And so the whole premise of the book is around how to obtain power in every situation. 
or that you encounter, right? So there's these different laws that are outlined, basically like like the art of war, like the Book of Five Rings, right? Like the 33 Strategies of War. It's a book on how to approach conflict. I was a little, I read too. Uh, I feel like you like, <laughs> you reaching, you running out, but I feel where you coming from now. Okay. I read. Did y'all understand what the hell I'm trying to say? Let me step back. It didn't take me a while to, to learn more like about microaggressions. I just had never heard of the term or knew what it was until I started my program. And then after that, like I started co-facilitating workshops and stuff about interrupting microaggressions and how to, you know, combat them in the workplace and things like that. So when I finally was able to put a name to like the phenomenon I was experiencing, then I was like, wow, this is real. Like I just thought it was just stuff people did like carelessly, you know, just being rude. But no, it was a real thing. It's my little assaults that people, you know, do to um, marginalized groups of people every day. So, yeah. That's true. You've been a nigga your whole life, Raven. I know. <laughs> I got one more question. What? So, some little bitches. <laughs> so, are there any like double standards you notice between men and women, Raven? Like, is there things that you know men can do that women can't get away with that you wish I can get away with? Uh, I don't know. I feel like I've been out of the game so long. I don't know. I've been keeping it to myself. But there was an experience that I uh, experienced recently where I was talking to this guy, and like. We didn't have any titles or anything on it. We just were, you know, friends that cared about each other and we talked often. And like, we would be intimate, I guess, sometimes on occasions or like mess around or whatever. But he came across, well, he, we were at this party together and he saw me um, talking to one of his friends. And he knows that I've known this friend way before I even knew him. But he felt a way about me talking to the friend or whatever. And uh, later on brought it to my attention. He was like, oh, because I know how he acts. Like, you know, that particular friend, if he's drunk, like he's looking to just fuck with anybody and he's flirty and whatnot. And so it it kind of was interesting to me because I was like, well, I didn't even know you felt that way about me to even care about me talking to this particular person. But on the flip side, that same night, prior to me even talking to his friend, he's all on my friend, rubbing her shoulders and whatnot. And I'm like, well, I don't, I don't know if I should feel a way or address the situation because we're not a thing. Like you're not my boyfriend or nothing. We're not like dating. We're not talking. We're just kicking it. So you are free to do whatever you want. And I'm free to do whatever I want. So did he want you to be the side piece? I don't know what he wanted. <laughs> but I, we addressed it later. Like the thing was, okay, we are in such a gray area. Like we don't have, we haven't outlined like our, our expectations or whatever for what we've got going on. And I said, I would expect you being someone that claims to care about me and how I feel to be more mindful of how you address or how you speak to my friends, you know, in my presence and out of my presence, because I found out like the girl that I, I consider to be a, you know, like a girlfriend, really close friend or whatever. Mm -hmm. These fools was exchanging nudes and shit. And I found out. That's and then he was like, Oh, uh, sorry how you found out. But you know, I didn't think that you cared because you never acted like you cared about anything. You're so nonchalant, but common sense would tell you, I mean, that's your friend. Yeah, <laughs> your best exactly. friend. <laughs> exactly. I guess one. Oh, go ahead. No, you can go on. It, yeah, it, yeah. It's one thing to like it be. He, he talked to somebody that you don't know. It's foul when you try to holler at someone's best friend. Exactly. Yeah, so, he ain't shit. I'm like, I'm just talking to somebody that I've known for years now, and yes, we might have had like 
a three night stand, whatever the case may be. Three nights. But we're just, we were just friends who were fucking on occasion. But we're still just okay. friends. Like baseline is just friends. So we can laugh and joke or whatever. So I was mm. laughing, joking with him like normal. And then the other dude felt away. And then I find out that, okay, you over here like flirting with my two best friends and one sending you news and you sending the other one. And I'm like, wait, but why do I have to tell you that this is a problem? Common sense should tell you, if you don't want me doing this shit to you, then why do you think it would be okay to do this shit to me? I'm sorry, three nights, Dan? <sighs> you asking too many questions. I said what I said. <laughs> so you caught feelings. Yeah, and I'm like, if, if that's the road that we're on, like catching feelings or whatever, like let me know. Like tell me what it is so I can play my position. Should I catch feelings? Can you do something now? So, let me know what's up. That's a good point. Some, some people, I think, they may not necessarily want you. They just don't want to see you with somebody else. I, I think that that oftentimes comes into play. You said they don't want you to what? I think sometimes a person may not necessarily want, they may not necessarily want you, but they just don't want to see you with somebody else. Right? It's and like, that's I don't that crazy shit. It is some, it is some crazy shit. I, I agree 100%. 100. Well, do unto me as you would have me do unto you. <laughs> Period. There you go. That's it. That sounded biblical. Is that? That's Nigelations one and one. Is the book of Negro is that a new chapter? It's, it's <laughs> part, of the, part of the New Testament, the new New Testament. Just uh, like any it. last questions for you, Dave? Book of Ratchet. Ah, I sat back today. We need you to step up, Dave. Hey, who sends the questions in? I'm sorry. Hey, thank you. So much aggression on this podcast. I never because Ravens here. Aggressive. A little bit. Oh, don't do it. It's not me. We're <laughs> <laughs> fine today. All of a sudden. We get on and Ra Raven gets on and motherfuckers is arguing with each other. Fix your goddamn oh, face, Raven. <laughs> That's a nice picture of you, Raven. Fix <laughs> <laughs> your goddamn face. face. Don't do it. That's a nice picture of you too, Raven. <laughs> is it is it awkward for y'all too? Like now with COVID, you're wearing a mask and somebody smiles at you from inside like a car or something. You're smiling back, but they can't see it. So it looks like you're just staring at them like. Oh, I have a question. Have any of you guys ever tried to or considered like dating a close friend of the opposite sex? I was gonna ask you that, Raven. I was gonna ask you that. Dating like a like a say like a close for, like, for a guy like dating like a close female friend? Yeah, poo, that's the opposite sex, right? <laughs> I know. Well, what can, what confused me was when you said the opposite sex thing, I was like, well what what <laughs> for me, no. No, I I value like once I, I you part of the squad to me like you know you you're the homie you like the you know kind of like a sister and it's like it, it just be weird to me personally. Yeah, I agree the same thing because if I've known you for so long before we even thought about this, and I don't want to lose our friendship, so I'd rather keep you as a friend than as a few weeks, a day, month partner. Like keep the friendship that's more important. That's it. Yeah, I I try and keep some separation between friend and like partner. Like I, I wouldn't want to date somebody who's like my friend. That could get really weird, especially if you're a part of the same circle. You all have like similar friends and stuff. And then like if it doesn't work out now, you know, it's it becomes awkward if there's like one of one friend is throwing like a party or 
an event or something like that and, and you show up there and that person shows up there that you used to date it's like i don't know if i don't know if i'm mature enough to do something like that what about flirting people sometimes uh, no define flirting because i feel like some people like if you're friendly with somebody some people interpret it as being flirty and i'm like somebody can say hi oh he said hi to me bitch i'm not flirting with you i just said Hi, I say good afternoon, good morning. Nah, nigga, you know what the fuck flirting is. Flirting and friendship <laughs> or friendliness is two different things. Like <laughs> suggestive <laughs> comments and things like that. Yeah, no. That 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 could potentially get weird. Oh, really? Okay. Um, I think I had another what question. What about you? Me? Yeah. Yeah. Um, shoot, it depends. Uh-oh. It's not you got a story. I, shoot, I got a few. I got stories all day. But actually, um, yeah, prime example for me would be um, there was a person up here that I met who was become part of my friend group. And we used to, like, mess around. We were friends with benefits type of thing. And then the benefits ended. And I was like, well, shoot, she's like, make sure we're both on the same page about things. And we were able to move forward and still, like, be cool and still be at, at events together or kickbacks together he would bring whoever it was he was dating at that time we would still be laughing and joking but it really depends on the maturity level and like the person there's some people where we could have been friends with benefits nowadays you wouldn't know we knew each other <laughs> so it really depends right yeah thing things happen i think uh and my thing too is like sometimes you know, you may say you won't do something and then it happens like, I don't know, you ever ask like a friend what their type is and then the person they're dating, like it's, it's this is nothing like what you described. You said you want somebody who has a job, they, they don't. Like, <laughs> Niggas be like, they like mixed yeah. chicks and I be like, what, what, black and mild? Like, you lying? <laughs> oh, damn. Oh. <laughs> I was like, oh. Have mercy. Just because they use chopsticks don't mean that they mix. But you know, like it's weird. Like, like what? What do you look for in a man? Oh, well, I want someone who's who's good looking. This nigga's ugly. Um, I want someone who's smart. He can't read. Uh, like, I'm sorry for anyone who's listening and is offended by my words. It's just my opinion. Um, yeah. So I don't know. Sometimes shit happens. Sometimes shit happens. You know you. Throwing a little jokey joke and that could be interpreted as flirting or flirtatious. All right, Stitch. Okay. <laughs> Did we cover everything? I know y'all said y'all had a lot of questions, but... Oh, we have to make a part three for this. Yeah. Dang, okay. Part three. Shoot, let me join the team. Let me be here every week. Hell no. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's a answer. <laughs> Um, well, that's it, ladies. Uh, tune that in next week. Get trade all Raven. He said, "Well, that's it, ladies and gentlemen." <laughs> that's the way he crumbles. That's the way the ball bounces. <laughs> oh, Alrighty. Ah, uh, right. Down. Thank you so much for being a part of our our little podcast, Raven. We really appreciate you joining us today. Like old times. This nigga said anything. (laughs) (laughs) Anything, anything. Let me be clear. 
since you know things can get misconstrued before you get off do you want to like promote any of your channels or any like type of work that you're working on oh well now that you mention it so i'm like a half-assed blogger and due to covid like not much has been going on with shut up (laughs) not much (laughs) going on with me because i haven't been outside but i do have a vlog up on youtube um it's called life of the rich and raven um but you can search raven zondra um and i'm sure you guys will probably post like my instagram or uh, Twitter tag and stuff. Everything, all social media networks, all the same thing. Raven Zondra, but Zondra with an X. A N D R A. And damn. Put that on mute. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, damn. Damn. Cedric, stop texting me. But <laughs> let's wrap this up. Yeah. So yeah. So um, if you want to check out my blog, um, that it- Cedric. Okay. You. Fucking- Why won't you mute this shit? You see how niggas don't listen. <laughs> <laughs> that's better <clears throat> continue Raven. that's because i'm muting myself but anyway i'm trying to be present with y'all and not be all on my little dashboard finding iMessage trying to mute his ass but anyway <laughs> so yeah <laughs> um you can check out my vlog um on youtube follow me on instagram or what is it twitter <laughs> facebook whatever um hit me up with shoot relationship questions you want to ask me something you want to know something i'm like an open book i do not mind sharing so yeah just check me out like comment subscribe and all that good shit and i'm 30 and flirty what's up no i'm just playing i'm One totally point. you're not you're not <laughs> <laughs> i'm single as a dollar bill but still okay um <clears throat> that was uh interesting i felt like when you asked her that day it was like you you ask a rapper to promote their mixtape. He's like, yeah, you know, I got so-and-so coming soon. And, uh... oh. oh, no. Anyway. <laughs> you got a mixtape, Raven? <laughs> Ray Diggity. Actually. No, I'm just kidding. Raven's, I don't. Raven's World. You're not playing. She raps, y'all. It's that shit right here, nigga. It's called Raven Call. Uh, turn my Raven. headphones up. <laughs> turn my headphones up. I can't hear you. Turn that <laughs> shit up. <laughs> All right. Thank you, thank you, thank you for joining us, Raven. Thank you so much. We really appreciate you, girl. There she is. Fix your goddamn face. Fix your the eyebrows. <laughs> I was trying to move them. She woke up like that. Later we today. miss you, Raven. Just to let you know. <laughs> Anyways, this is the Unforgivable Podcast. I'm Cedric. I'm Greg. This is Dave. Yes. Yeah, her. Thanks for joining us. We appreciate it. All the support. Take care. Peace. Bye. (laughs) Oh, ghetto. (laughs) Thanks for joining us this week on the Unforgivable Podcast. Make sure to visit us at the links below where you can follow us so you'll never miss a show. While you're at it, please subscribe and hit the like button or tell your friends about the show as that would help us out too. See you next time.